Welcome to the TDL project. I hope you had a good week. Last week, most of us returned to work after the holidays. Still have a bit of a holiday hangover, but excited for 2022. And hopefully this turns out to be a better year. You are listening to the eighth episode of an Arcane recap and reaction series. I'm rewatching, recapping, and sharing my thoughts on Arcane Season 1 episodes. This is going to be a detailed recap. Please be warned that this will include heavy spoilers. So, Act 3.3, or Episode 8 of Arcane, is entitled Oil and Water. Episode 8 starts with a cold open of Mel when she was still a young princess back in their kingdom. I think it's a kingdom, right? Um, it's called Nexus, or Noxus, sorry. And we also got introduced to her mother, who we'll learn um, is a brutal and ruthless leader. This is someone who doesn't have qualms in killing her enemies and even the innocent ones. Here in this scene, she decapitated one of them. We're not sure if this cold open really occurred in the past though, because presently Mel suddenly wakes up from a bad dream, but I would suspect it actually did happen and she's having nightmares about it. And then we'll also see Jace on her bedside. Caitlin and Vi were now in Piltover and quickly realized that the gemstone was gone, probably taken by Jinx during the bridge fight. Then they went to the Kiriman residence, and seeing how big Galen's room was, Vi thought it was one of the counselors' place. And this was the first time that she learned about Caitlyn being a daughter of a counselor. With Vi waiting in Caitlyn's room, the latter tells her mother that she hopes to speak to the council. Thinking of their family standing and her daughter's quote-unquote legal offenses, she was apprehensive at first, but seeing that Caitlyn has a point in saying that the government has basically been useless when it comes to the need of the people suffering. She agreed to help them and schedule an audience with the council. Vi and Caitlin can address the council themselves, and Mrs. Carriman advised them to prepare accordingly. After talking to her parents, Caitlin went back to her room and told Vi about the news. Then we get appointment scene between her and Vi, with Vi opening up a little bit about her and Powder when they were little kids, before they became an orphan. Caitlin gently brushes Vi's cheek and they looked at each other. So this little scene shows us and gives us an idea of how slowly Vi was letting Caitlyn into her world and giving her trust to her, which is a big deal because Vi doesn't trust anyone, especially Piltover enforcers. But she sees Caitlyn differently, someone she can actually rely on and trust. Mel's mother, Ambesa Medarda, arrives from Noxus and Mel, obviously not happy about this, was at the docks to meet her. From their exchange, we learned that Mel was banished from Noxus and was sent to Piltover for being a soft-spined idealist. <laughs> it has been a decade since they last saw each other, but there's obvious resentment between the two. Ambesa breaks to Mel that her brother is gone for crossing the wrong man, but also tells her daughter that she's come to guide her to make the right decisions, especially now that Jace is considering weaponizing Hextech. Mel was furious and tells her mother that unlike Noxus, war is not Piltover's first and only recourse. Later on, Ambesa meets with Jace, trying to convince him of the reality of the impending war and that she's here to help him navigate it. The morning after, Vi and Caitlin present their case to the council. They tell the council that Silco is behind Shimmer and that he wants an independent undercity, the nation of Zaun. 
They also inform them that the gemstone is now in the possession of Jinx, who works for Silco. Jace, distressed and might be influenced by what Ambassador told him, wants an all-out war with the Undercity now. Caitlyn does not agree, especially with so many innocent people down there. Mel and the majority of the council also thinks that war should be the last option. There may be a diplomatic solution, Mel says. Vi, bewildered about the idea, bursts out that there is no negotiating with Silco. They should have learned their lesson long ago that he hates Piltover and will not stop at anything. She walks out of the hall and Caitlin runs after her. She tries to convince Vi to stay and they'll make another plan. There has to be another way. But Vi has made up her mind. She tells Caitlin that their situation has always been like oil and water. There has always been this great divide and no matter what they do, there's no way to change that. So now Vi was not just walking away from their plan, but also from Caitlin. It wasn't meant to be, she said. Like oil and water. Meanwhile, Victor, injected with shimmer, was working with the hex core in his lab. He reaches out to the hex core and the sudden burst of energy threatens to obliterate him. Sky, his assistant, sees this and tries to help him by grabbing onto him, hoping to pull him off the hex core. Unfortunately, the hex core disintegrated her instead. Victor was horrified. Silco finds Jinx on the bridge and hurries down to the Undercity. He takes her to the scientist doctor. He warns Silco that this could go badly for Jinx, but Silco agreed to it. Before starting though, the scientist injects the unsuspecting Silco with a syringe. Silco passes out quickly. Later on, we see flashes of Jinx convulsing and having hallucinations while being treated with shimmer. In the last drop, Finn, who seemed to not have learned his lesson during the gassing in the meeting room, makes a play for Savika to undermine Silco, telling her that under Silco's leadership, Undercity is devolving into chaos. After Finn leaves, the camera stays on Savika, and we have yet to see if Finn was able to sway her. Vi did not leave Piltover just yet. Instead, she went to Jace and proposed to him an alternate solution to make Silco pay for what he's done. Since Silco controls the Undercity with Shimmer, they have to shut down their supply. By doing that, it's only a matter of time before his own people turn on to him. The plan is to hit their manufacturing facilities before Silco can react. With a gemstone-enhanced gauntlet and hammer, together with Piltover enforcers, Vi and Jay stormed the manufacturing sites. However, mid-operation, Jay's got the shock of his life when he accidentally kills a child and discovers that the whole Shimmer site is conducted by children. We're now getting to the closing scene, but before I forget, let's talk about Heimerdinger, the aftermath after he was deposed as counselor. He's in a robe, maybe trying to disguise himself, and taking a walk in the streets of Undercity. He sees how horrible and chaotic it has become. And an interesting and important thing that happened here was him finding Echo under the bridge. And so now we know that Echo actually survived the blast. And I was so happy to see him alive. So both him and Jinx survived. In this episode's closing scene, we see Caitlyn in the shower rewinding her last talk with Vi. Probably thinking of what she could have done or said better to convince Vi to stay. After her shower... She looks in the mirror and finds graffiti markings scrolled all over it. And if you look closely, you could actually see Jinx's outline behind her. And that is where the episode ends. 
As predicted, Jinx is still alive. Like I said, I didn't think that they would kill her off. Also happy to see Echo still alive too. Um, so this is the second to the last episode and everything is escalating leading to the finale. We have yet to see what has become of Jinx after her surgery. But we do see her in that closing scene inside Caitlyn's bathroom. Obviously, she will do something that is not good. How did you get into the Kiriman residence, by the way, undetected? <laughs> well, if Caitlyn and Vi was able to sneak into Caitlyn's room without anyone noticing, then maybe she could easily do that too. Also in this episode, we got a new character, a very interesting character, Ambesa Medarda, Mel's mother. Actually, in the episode, they did not mention her first name. So I just googled it and it says Ambesa Medarda. Not my new favorite character, but still very interesting. Has her own convictions and beliefs that definitely Mel doesn't agree with. And this is interesting too because if you remember, Mel was the one who proposed to Jace and Victor to start weaponizing Hextech. But she was also firmly against war and sees this as the last resort. It was actually Jace who was raring to go to war. Jace, who together with Victor, was initially saying that the mission, the whole mission of Hextech is to help people and improve lives. So we see these two characters now having uh, quite a different outlook than when we first met them. And one of the main strengths of this show is having characters that evolve. It just makes it a lot more interesting for the audience and the story more gripping. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter at the TDL Project. I tweet mostly about science fiction and fantasy movies and TV shows that I've recently been watching or reading. And speaking of fantasy series, I've also just recently finished watching The Wheel of Time Season 1 on Amazon Prime. And hopefully I get to have a review episode of that in the future. It's not perfect by any means, but I've enjoyed it. I've also enjoyed watching the non-reader reactions on YouTube. <laughs> you have to check those out. One thing that I noticed is that the fandom, those that are, have read the, the Wheel of Time books, are more critical towards the show versus the non-readers, right? But me, I've read the books like a while back, the first few books, like three years ago. So the changes that they made in the show, it really didn't bother me that much. So it actually contributed to my enjoyment while watching the show, I think. But anyway, again, I hope to be able to review that show uh, in an episode here in the podcast. I have been blabbering. So thank you. I hope you're having a wonderful day and see you in the next Arcane episode. Bye.